Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan Sender with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. Make sure to go follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Go on over to the website. Check out the blog content, miserable-reckless.com. Uh, go on and give us five stars and a great review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon, pretty much anywhere where you get your podcasts. And uh, we'll keep you updated with some new blog content. Like I said, once again, I'm plugging the website twice because we need to get that traffic up, miserable-reckless.com. Check that out. All right, moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ryan, what you got? All right. Um. Well, good is uh, I kind of prefaced this last week, but I got a project pretending, and I'm happy about that. It actually ended today, so uh, my afternoon has been watching Carolina men's and women's lacrosse and hanging out with these fellas doing a podcast. So there are more enjoyable things I could do and more enjoyable places, but. Considering all things, uh, this is this is a great way to uh, start that off. And I'm on vacation next week. I don't know if you guys know that. So uh, I'm going to be all over the South, and maybe I'll have some stories when I get back. So we'll see how that goes. Um, got a couple books to read. Got a book on uh, Tony Bourdain and a book on, from his director. And then I got another book on Mr. Rogers. So we'll see. If I read either one of those books, I'm always very ambitious. And then um, I end up just having a couple of vacation gins and and that ends my uh that ends my reading instead i just sit and watch reruns of something on tv i've already seen because i like it so <laughs> hey i like this i've seen this show before great why are we watching it so uh <laughs> my bad is uh well um i think uh speaking of watching lacrosse i think carolina lacrosse men's lacrosse season is over uh, i think that ended earlier this evening but um, Carolina's playing Duke right now in women's, and that was great up until I hopped on here. So um, talked about them enough on this podcast, but the Carolina uh, lacrosse team for the women's team is pretty awesome. Um, and then ugly, speaking of Duke and Carolina, um, I was watching the Celtics game the other night, which there's connections to this podcast that we don't need to dive into. They were playing the, uh, they're playing the Nets. And it just so happened that they showed Coach K. He was there on the sidelines. He was sitting underneath one of the goalposts. And uh, I, was, uh, I was interested because they showed him on the screen. And he was there to watch Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving and some of the other players uh, that are bench players that had come out of Duke. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like, it's clear he's doing stuff in his retirement. Um, first of all, if you're watching an NBA game two game between the Celtics and the Nets, you probably don't need the graphic on the screen to tell you who Mike Krzyzewski is when they show him on the screen. But more interesting to me was that they showed a guy sitting on his left shoulder who was cut out of the screen halfway, and they did not point out who he was. And I think that this is ugly and disrespectful. Um, it was John Shire, the current coach of Duke basketball, and the graphic on the screen said, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, Duke men's basketball underneath of it. So I don't know if that's an old graphic or whatever, but if I was John Shire and his family, um, who was shown on the screen sitting next to the coach, I would be a little disappointed because I am actively the current head coach of Duke men's basketball. And not only did I not point me out, but um, they didn't say anything about me. So I think it's ugly and clearly this is just another uh, another sign, as the Duke and NC State people would say, that Carolina has infiltrated TNT and TBS, and clearly, you know, Charles Barkley is against Coach K and everything else. So, just uh, Kenny the Jet Smith probably put those graphics together and and screwed over <laughs> Coach K on purpose. So that checks out. <laughs> 
It's what happens when you have a journalism school. Left my good, bad, and the petty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Morgan, good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. Actually, I got a good, great, bad, and ugly. And uh, so let's see our good. Uh, Virginia Tech had their spring game uh, this past Saturday, and it was actually the first time I ever caught it televised, which was pretty awesome. And they looked pretty decent. It was a big turnout that a lot of, uh, lot of students there watching the game. And, you know, they're still trying to figure out their quarterback situation for the upcoming spring. But the kid that transferred in from uh, Marshall, uh, Wells, Wells kid, had a pretty decent arm. Granted, this was a uh, no-contact drill. And it was just a little bit of a spring game, as I said. So it was decent, you know. From what I saw, it was pretty nice. They're still working everything out. Uh, great. Keeping it still Virginia Tech. Both their baseball and their softball team have been kicking ass the last couple of weeks. Uh, both are ranked inside the top 10. Softball's ranked third. Their baseball team's ranked, uh, I believe, eight. It's pretty decent. They usually aren't. I mean, they've been having a really good year this year. So I'm excited about that to see where both of those teams go. Uh, bad. Tomorrow we get to take Bridget to the doctors to have a consultation to see if she is going to need tubes in her ears because she just can't kick her ear infections. They keep coming back after after every round of amoxicillin and it's just it's getting bad. So I'm over we get some answers on that. Uh, it's just miserable seeing her the way she is because she pulls at her ears and cries and it's just horrible so we're hoping to get some answers on that and then my ugly for the week and it happened today and i've been keeping up and i've texted you guys the other day about uh about miggy with the detroit tigers and he's one hit away from uh entering the illustrious 3000 club which i believe has only what 32 players out of the entire history of major league baseball and so his final night, if, if I'm remembering correctly, because I was at work watching it, so I was kind of glancing every so often when he went bat. But if I'm correct, it was his last at bat against the horrible, shitty Yankees, and they intentionally walked him. They intentionally <laughs> walked him. Petty ass freaking Yankees and their, you know, multiple 10 year contract crap hole players. You know, welcome. Like, that's just crappy, man. Just throw the ball right down the middle and hope your pitcher did a good job. No, that's welcome because we're petty. We're pieces of crap. So, yeah, that's my ugly. That's the Yankee fan base. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope the Yankees go winless for like the next 20 games. I mean, you, you know how it is with their 36 mil a year ace, Garrett Cole. Oh, yeah. He's, Trash. he's amazing. He's amazing. Just like that sunny gray work contract worked out too <laughs> not even in with him anymore from murfreesboro <laughs> what's that said sunny gray's from murfreesboro he's from my favorite town in tennessee but he was <laughs> terrible communities yeah he was yeah he was just because just because he can play well doesn't mean he need to go play for the yankees <laughs> so anyway that's my good great bad and ugly <laughs> all right dustin good bad and the ugly <laughs> All right. Well, this week I want to start with a good that I think we all can appreciate. 
Um, this week I've been eating off a of spiral cut ham. I'll tell you what. <laughs> doesn't get much better than that. Nope. You, when you go to the grocery store, you know, see, out here on the East Coast, <clears throat> when we live in hog country, H-A-W-G, hog country, <laughs> you can go to the grocery store 24-7, 365, get yourself a nice ham, put a little brown sugar, maybe some mustard, something like that on it. You can eat on that thing a couple weeks. I've been going for about a week now. It is delicious. I've been eating sandwiches. I've been eating just the ham. Really good stuff. So I just want to sing the praises of the spiral cut ham that's always, always available at your local grocery store. And um, it's good stuff. I tell you what, you should go out and get you one this week. Um, if you can. If you can. <laughs> if it's available. If it's available. If um, it's not, you know. Yeah. Not, not sure what to tell you if it's not available. Um, my other good is uh, my wife is in the process of potty training our daughter. She took a couple of days off working through that. That leads into my bad. My wife is also in the process of potty training our daughter. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's happy times and sad times throughout that process. Mistakes sure and, and not mistakes and cheering and jeering going on around this household. And uh, given that I work from home most of the time, I get to be a part of it. So that's just wonderful. I feel you, buddy. I do. <laughs> and I then last, lastly, ugly. I, I, it's, you know, I got I to gotta take this one. Ugly on me. The, uh, we had the toddler demo locked up here on Miserable and Reckless for quite a while. And uh, but we missed our number one toddler fan's birthday. We or we didn't miss it. It wasn't like we forgot it, but we did. We failed to wish Miss Virginia a happy birthday ahead of her birthday last week. And now we're doing a belated. I would like to do a belated happy birthday, Virginia, if you're still out there listening. Uh, message, please don't uh, quit listening to us. We still love you, and uh, sorry we didn't do it ahead of time. But, you know, stay strong because we really do need to keep that, you know, two to five year old demo going. So Future that's list. my good, good, bad and ugly for the week. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> so that leaves me good, the bad and the ugly. I've got a uh, couple goods and then a really, really ugly. Um, the first good is Triangle Beach Music is, or not Triangle Beach Music, that stopped a long time ago. North Hills Beach Music Festival is back. Uh, every Thursday in Raleigh, uh, they have different like bands to go around and, and come in. They they block off an area with some railings and everything, have some local vendors out there. And they uh, tonight was actually the first night for it. It's always a good time. I uh, always have some, some local breweries out there that you know have their, their craft beer and um pretty good music a lot of it's just a fun time in general so i can't wait for that uh to be able to hit that up a couple times here throughout the rest of the summer but tonight's first night north hills beach music is back second good uh we announced on uh country coal cans this past week uh we named the episode we announced the 2022 because as we always like to say sad songs make us happy we're big bummer jam advocates so 2022 is sad boy summer 
and we are releasing our sad boy summer playlist bummer jams only it's gonna it's about to be live on spotify we've started with about 20 tracks that we've selected and each week me andy and kyle will be adding one more as things get released this summer to it so be if you if you like to get in your feels and listen to some things about shit not working out and murder and you know people just being down on their luck Listen to the Sad Boy Summer playlist from the uh, type in Sad Boy Summer um, Cold Cans Network on Spotify. It'll be right there for you. So check that out. All right. And then the ugly. This one, I literally could not believe it when I saw it. It was so cringy. And I, I had to write a blog about it. And so I, I, my most recent blog is about none other. If you didn't need another reason to hate Kyle Bush, here's one for you. He, so the, the thing about it was he had his 60th career win uh, at Bristol this past weekend on a dirt track. You know, that you're like 60 wins. Big deal. Dirt track. That's kind of cool. None of that matters because he decided to go full on Jackson Mahomes. Decided to do a TikTok style video. And it was the cringiest, craziest thing I've ever seen. So I'm going to play it for those watching you on, uh, on YouTube. If you haven't and you're only listening to audio, go to coldcansnetwork.com, miserable-reckless.com. Check out the blog. We've got the video embedded. But share my screen so you guys can see the cringe fest that was Kyle Bush and his buddies on look like a dad's night out to Applebee's and had one too many $1 LITs. But here we go. He's, and just for uh, those on audio, he's wearing a black button down with a pink tie, and he looks like he's um, going to his first homecoming, and he wanted to look fresh. So here's here is Kyle Bush and his buddies after celebrating his 60th win. This is Dusty's boy. I'm the definition of I swear, I don't know what in the world. When I saw that, I was like, that's the cringiest thing I've ever seen. Here's a 36-year-old man walking down the street in a black button down, a pink tie, and his buddies are playing uh, Bad Boy for Life on the Instagram reel, and he keeps giving the most cringeworthy faces I've ever seen in my life. And when then his, his buddy to his right, um, if you're watching the videos to the right, he's wearing a pink button down, and he decides to start unbuttoning his shirt. Like, we all wanted to see what was underneath the hood there. And then he gives a really weird look after that cringe fest. If I ever saw it, if you want to see the video in your own audio, go check it out on coldcansnetwork.com. It's most recent blog up Kyle Bush. What in the world were you thinking? Cause nobody gives a shit that you won six, have 60 career wins after putting something like that out for the internet. Awful. You want context. Do what? You want context? Yeah, I do. Cause okay. I, I, Twitter, Twitter is where I saw it. And everybody was roasting him, and I think rightfully so. They should. Um, and he's playing 100% into it. All right, so we'll keep it short and simple. Bad Boy for Life, the P. Diddy song that's playing in the background. First of all, everybody hates Kyle Busch, and I think it's hysterical. It's part of the reason why it's such a great thing for Dustin to cheer for Kyle Busch. Basically, Dustin's a Duke family, and they win all the time. Everybody hates Duke. This is the perfect marriage with Kyle Busch because he wins all the time and everybody hates him when he wins a race for those that haven't watched a race before he wins all the effing time. Okay. To win your 60th race. That is not anything to sneeze at. Um, the fact that he did it at Bristol, he, let me keep the context short and simple. He did it because two other people who raced better the entire race 
crashed in front of him because they were racing hard and it was awesome. And they basically threw a ridiculous move on each other that took each other out and he snuck through. Why does it matter? Because he's a candy ass and he whines just like Duke every time he doesn't win. And he says that anytime somebody wins and they win the way he won this weekend, it's a Mickey Mouse win. So when he won, he does his normal bow to the crowd and he does everything else, right? Then to really poke at the crowd who was booing his ass off, which is hysterical, he then decided to say, hey, and I forget the exact quote, but he brought Dale Sr. into it. And he said, just keep booing me like Dale Sr. Well, you know, that's going to bring on Easter Sunday, by the way, the, the, the day of our Lord, Kyle Bush, the Dark Lord wins, then quotes Dale Sr. and says, keep booing me like Sr. I'm as popular as him. Like the whole thing is just he's cultivating this bad boy image. And on top of it, the fact that he knew he won in a Mickey Mouse win, which he called everybody else out for doing, and yet still owned it, still did his bow, still claimed the win. It's to me, it's hysterical. But you have to have watched for a little while. To your point, if you're coming in fresh off the street and you're looking at that, it's horrendous. And it's still horrendous. Oh, it's horrendous, period. There's, there's, there's no defending uh, it, no way. what he did in that, that creepy, creepy, uh, like video. Like I'm, I'm serious. Thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand it, percent creepy. From, from what he was wearing to what his friends started doing to like the looks he was given. Like, I was just like, this is, this is like cringe fest. It's like a dad who's still trying to be cool and didn't realize that they peaked like 15 years before. Like this was just. Keep in mind that. He absolutely knows what he's doing, and so does his wife. They pitched a TV show a couple of years ago called like NASCAR Wives or something like that. They absolutely positively know what they're doing with social media. So if he's trying to look cringy, I guarantee you he's doing it on purpose, although he doesn't have to try hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's hilarious. So if you haven't seen that, you need to check it out. You can look it up on uh, cocansnetwork.com on that blog that I put up about Kyle Bush. But I think this is a perfect segue for the weekend look ahead. Ryan, you've got your 60 seconds for the uh, NASCAR update. We don't need 60 seconds, just like they don't need 60 cars at Talladega because only five are going to finish. Anyways, I should have told you ahead of time to queue up the uh, Eric Church, the uh, Talladega. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> played it in the background since apparently we don't get in trouble for playing music on the show anymore, which is uh, wonderful. Only if we're... Uh, commenting on it we can't really use it if we're not oh, well we're commenting on television I, I would be happy to comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> um this weekend is talladega there's two races at talladega one um they got bumped for easter which incidentally first time they had a race on easter in a very very long time boy did they pull out all the stops i turned it on at one point last weekend and there was full-on church going literally church going on with the pastor and everything so that was very unique in bristol um this weekend will be very unique too look here's the deal i think this is about our third time through the nascar circuit at this point on this podcast which shows the longevity of our podcast we're on episode 77 here um if you can't find something interesting to watch for 10 minutes when you turn on talladega then it must be when they're on a single file trying to take care of their crap because half the field's already wrecked. And the only reason I'm saying that is because people will wreck this weekend and it is fascinating to watch. If you find the Blue Angels interesting, if you find any sort of flyovers at any sort of 
event interesting. They don't have to be subatomic. They can just be normal speed. Uh, you will find Talladega interesting to be three inches away from another vehicle or closer moving at 200 miles an hour and shifting in the draft. Uh, I thought it was kind of dorky too. What's the big deal? They just go left in Alabama. Yeah, well, wait until you see them wreck. <laughs> it's a big fucking deal. So uh, um, that'll be on on Sunday. And uh, none other than Eric Church himself, the man who neglected his fans and went to a Duke Carolina game. The man who knows the pinnacle of sports. Um, he's he's written a whole song about it. So if that's not enough for you, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Marty Smith says it's the best race on the circuit. It is. Oh, in racing news too. I don't know if you guys knew this, but North Wilkesboro is reopening in North Carolina, and yeah, they're yeah, that. yeah. That's kind of like cool. We talked about that last episode too on Country Coke Cans because you know uh, American Aquarium did a music video there, but apparently they're getting it uh, cleaned up a little bit and making sure it's safe, and they're going to do some like local late model races, but then they're going to remodel it, and NASCAR is supposed to return in the near future yeah. to it. Yep. So the truck series for now. Yeah. Um, which is uh, like double A for those mm-hmm. that understand the baseball reference. Um, and Nashville Fairgrounds is another track that's very also uh, popular. Um, it's kind of going the same route. They did the same thing with Nashville Super Speedway. The reason why Nashville Super Speedway had the ability to open sooner was because of the ownership group. And I don't need to nerd out about it, but this is a big deal. This is a big deal for North Wilkesboro to reopen. For those that know anything about the history of the sport, Morgan, I'd love to see South Boston have NASCAR come back to it. And, and that would be great. Yeah, North Wilkesboro getting it back. I mean, they were back way back in the day. They were pretty heavy on uh, with NASCAR. Yeah, they had the Cup Series. They had a Winston Cup Series race there one time. So, If we can race at Bristol on the dirt, we can race at North Wilkesboro and we can race at South Boston. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, exciting news. Well, like I said, we can look at, I actually have something I'm doing this weekend. It's um, Brugaloo is this weekend in Raleigh. Um, once a year, they sh- Brugaloo takes away. It's been gone for like a year or two because of like COVID issues. But as we all know, COVID's over now. So uh, Fayetteville Street will be closed down and they're going to have food trucks. Uh, local brewers are going to have like beer out there on Friday and Saturday. They're going to supposed to have live music. So uh, Brugaloo, I've always heard is fun. I've lived here almost 10 years, never been, but I'm going this year. So looking forward to that. Sounds like too many people for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan only like, Morgan likes small groups, groups of four, like camping and his family. Yeah, <laughs> five people. Five people decide where you guys got to go. <laughs> you guys have anything going on? No, just bike cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> Kids and cleaning. Oh man! Oh, we've got a birthday party, and Jenny's got a whatever. What do you call it? A bridal shower so so i get to have fun with the kid learning to pee in the toilet um, <laughs> for a few hours on my own it's fun stuff it is yeah especially especially when they sit in the toilet for a very long time 
nothing happens, and they get up, and as soon as they stand up, they go on the floor. (laughs) Cool, Cool, buddy. Cool. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) Well, you're potty training. I'll be on hill. So, I mean, more or less the same. Yeah, similar stuff. (laughs) I'm I'm the last person to be teaching anybody about potty training. Yeah, that's why I'm not the lead. That, that's why I'm the uh, the junior associate on this particular case. <laughs> oh, you like to, you like you like pissing corners instead of the toilet. Yeah, I, I did that too. Oh, I did. <laughs> I, I did it as an adult. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, certainly as a as a little boy growing up, you know. Oh yeah, running around peeing on trees. I mean, shoot, I don't even mean as a little boy. I still like pissing outside. There's nothing better than pissing outside. <laughs> Unless you're in the city, then it's a no-no. And if yeah, you grew up true. in the city, you know nothing about pissing outside. I mean, you might, but you ain't got to worry about catching any charges from the south in the woods. Damn. That was something we left, we left out of last weekend's conversation. <laughs> Top five pisses outside. <laughs> <laughs> And and then having to be annoyed to walk around to the back of the Jeep because the guy was up at 5 a.m. trying to hook up his trailer to leave while we were sleeping in tents. Thanks for that, bro. <laughs> really rude of him to hook up his RV to an RV campground. <laughs> Thing was, he, he better hope that, you know, they didn't start driving around while it was midstream because once, it, once it's midstream, it ain't no stopping. I'm just, they just have to drive by reality of it but well, that's the weekend look ahead we've had some uh big news in sports i'm gonna throw it over to ryan to introduce uh pretty like big time stuff that morgan told us about today in the world of college basketball so check out this segue so morgan alerted us via text uh over the course of the week to something that he saw streaming get it streaming <laughs> on the bottom of the screen and uh <laughs> It's a good segue, right? It's good if you don't point it out. Um, that, uh, <laughs> it's excellent when you point it out. That's that's how good it is. Got you get it? Do you, do you get it? Because <laughs> we were talking about peeing. <laughs> so, uh, so we were talking about other stuff, and all of a sudden, Morgan texts us, and he says, "Hey, Jay Wright's retiring." And it took me a second. And I'm not sure about the rest of you guys, but like, holy crap, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And then the first thought that went through my head was, holy crap, that's what Coach K, Roy, and now Jay Wright. So I wanted to Google it, but I figured it's 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 been within the past 18 months that all three of those guys are retired. I'm not saying those three guys are the only guys that can coach basketball, nor are they the only ones that um that currently do coach basketball. I mean, Bill Self, Tom Izzo, Calipari, uh, uh, Kentucky. And I know I'm skipping a bunch of other people, but those are the ones that are, are uh, relevant. The ones that I would say matter right now and the ones that I would say faces, faces of the sport in various capacities. People would put in the top five, right? Those are arguable top five coaches with the three that we just mentioned in I mean, two years ago, if I said who are the top five coaches, I think you'd argue over Coach K, Roy, Jay Wright, Bill Self, Tom Izzo, and Cal Perry. So 
Um, I know there's a guy at Iona who wants to be considered, but anyways. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that school up north in northern New York like to do, but fair know. point. Fair point. We evicted him, so he's not allowed to talk. <laughs> and you were watching the same TV show I was earlier today, so fair point. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, Jim Beheim has definitely been around for a minute or two, and he definitely deserves uh, he's been around for a month. Not a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, uh, so since we're pointing out the obvious, Morgan hates Syracuse, America. So <laughs> Jim Beheim eats his own boogers. It's on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jay Wright, Jay Wright <laughs> went to uh, sixteen and twenty-one seasons. He went to the tournament. He won two national titles. I'm not going to talk about one of the titles he won. Um, 2016, baby. Woo! That was, that was my favorite title. Yeah, that was a, all of my favorite title. We have there's a blog another, for that, too. Yeah, I was going to say, there's <laughs> a heady-ass blog about that. Um, I believe I texted Logan privately. I was like, sweet blog, dude. <laughs> so that's on miserable-reckless.com. Uh, Chris Jenkins, just key, Google keyword search that. Um, West Carolina fans call him daddy. Whatever. <laughs> Showing up at Carolina games. Anyways, Jay Wright, <laughs> two national titles. Uh, had he gone to the uh, national title game this year, it would have been three and six years. I believe I have that correct. Uh, he's pretty damn well respected, as we just talked about. And the uh, key bullet for maybe where the rest of this conversation might go. Um, Dustin, you kind of had a side comment about this, not to put your thoughts out there, but only 60 years old. Um, Morgan and I were watching a show earlier today and it's Packer and Durham on the ACC network. They seem to think that, uh, there might be something larger at play again, for those listening, this happened last night. Um, or well, I guess what yesterday. And so, uh, the, the, you know, it takes a while for the media to be able to respond to it when you're watching a TV or, uh, you know, a talk show about it. But they basically thought that it would potentially could be NIL for the transfer portal. And while this isn't strictly a Southern school, um, which we haven't yet mentioned, which is Villanova, Jay Wright retired from Villanova. So we've got the guys from North Carolina, Duke, and Villanova that have retired in the last 18 months. And Packer and Durham, among others, um, a couple other blogs, are wondering if this has to do with NIL or has to do with the transfer portal. specifically. Uh, it's one thing to go out and recruit players, especially in a tough neighborhood like Tobacco Road, the Triangle, um, the D.C. area, Philadelphia, et cetera. It's another thing to have to go out and recruit those players every single year. As in, they're already in your program, they're already in the fold, and you need to go out and recruit them and make sure they're happy, et cetera. They were kind of insinuating that at the age of 60, Morgan, fill in the details for me if I've missed anything here, but um at the age of 60 he has all the money he needs i mean how much do you need to be sure. successful do your great grandkids need to you know be well off like he's he's good to go it's not a money thing anymore now it's a uh, 60 he could do something with the rest of his life and has the sport yeah. potentially changed I, you know part of me wonders if he's just not wanting to deal with the transfer portal 
getting worse in the NILs. And maybe it could just be he's like, hey, look, I've got all the respect in the world for the Coach K's and Roy Williams and all of them, but I don't want to coach into my 70s. I'm 60. I have, a, as you said, a buttload of money. You know, my grandkids' kids will probably be able to spend some of it if they want to. Um, I'm going to go enjoy life and, you know, kind of pop my head on the TV every so often to help commentate a game or something. Show up during, you know, March Madness and throw my two cents out every every game. <clears throat> you know? So, like, a successful Seth Greenberg. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. A very successful um, Seth Greenberg. Yeah, I tend to agree with you guys on the part about the transfer portal. I think that, that I mean, if, if you're an old school coach, and a lot of these guys are, I mean, like 60 years old isn't young, right? So the transfer portal has really changed basketball a lot. I mean, it's, 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 de facto, yeah, it's de facto free agency. I think it's good for the kids. But I can understand why these older guys don't want to have to constantly rebuild the roster every year and recruit guys just to stay. Now, I don't buy the NIL thing at all. reason I don't is because NIL has been happening for 40 years. It's just it was under the table before. All these schools exactly. have cheated. I mean, it's, that's college, big-time college sports. There's lots of stuff under the table. Paying players. It was, a shy, shy, it was a shy, huge yeah. curse, man. And now it's actual legit legal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this isn't anything that's just groundbreaking. It's just not looked down on anymore. It's just a, a above board way to go about it. I don't buy the NIL stuff. I buy the transfer portal hundred percent though. Um, because I do think that that has drastically changed the complexion of college athletics, especially in basketball and football to where you're, you are in basketball more so than football. Cause in basketball, you're basically having to retool the roster every other year between one and done and transfer portal. It's like, yeah. you know, you don't have much roster continuity anymore. So I think that was probably if I was going to pontificate as to a big reason why he didn't want to keep doing the, uh, it, uh, the Villanova job at six years old, it was probably, you know, the constant recruiting. Can't say I blame him either. Yeah, I mean, I, there, I think these probably are factors. Um, I think Morgan has a good point that Maybe he has things he wants to do with his life. It, I think Roy and it's especially Coach K, basketball was the center of their lives in a lot of ways. <clears throat> and why I say especially Coach K, he admittedly has no hobbies and nothing outside of basketball. So at least Roy Williams was a golfer, but um, but it still was a. It, it, if it wasn't a hundred percent of their lives, it was you know ninety ninety five percent of. Them. They they cons they consumed them for their lives. It was their life's work and passion. I have no doubt Jay Wright was just passionate about it, but it could be that his priorities were just different. He could have felt there's certain things that he wants to do. There also may be things going on behind the scenes we don't. But my sort of thought thought was: Is there a shoe that's going to drop? And yeah. I don't mean that he did something wrong or that his program did something wrong, but is there something going on in his family that we don't know about? Or is there, you know, it, is there something else that's kind of accelerating maybe something he was already thinking about, or, or maybe he was looking at as, you know, basketball is not at all of it because this thing is going on in my life. Um, I think that's possible too. You know, I don't necessarily think it's all changes to the sport, but I certainly couldn't blame a guy 
and he was an old school guy and he was a hell of a coach, arguably coaching wise, maybe the best that was in the sport at the time. Um, in terms of like just being a X's and O's culture builder guy, but he, you know, he, uh, we, we don't know the other part of it, but yeah, did NIL and or transfer portal play a part? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's hard to say. I, I have my thoughts on like whether it's good or bad for basketball, um, which we can spend a few seconds on when we're kind of done with this, but you know, it's kind of sad to see him go. I kind of, at least he went out in the final four. Yeah. I always kind of liked him, thought he ran a good program. You know, like I said, unless something crazy comes out that we don't know about, um, I think everybody more or less respects Jay Wright. Yeah. I mean, and I agree with you that I think in the last 10 years, he was the best coach in college basketball. Uh, I I think that over the course of their entire career, obviously Roy Williams and Coach K were better. But as I'm reminded constantly about programs instead of coaches, it's the recency effect. And I do think Jay Wright was better than Coach K and Roy Williams within the last decade. I mean, since 2016, he, they had by far the best tournament record. They had two national titles. They've been to three different Final Fours. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's impressive what he was able to do in 21 years of Villanova. And I agree with you. I think he just, he's always seemed like a very even kill likable guy. And I, you really don't hear anybody say anything negative about him, which I think is crazy. Because, you know, you're, it's something to be said to be at the top of your profession. And nobody really has said anything negative about the, uh, about the guy, like, as, uh, with the retirement. Like, with Roy and Coach K. I mean, all you got to do is go on Twitter and you can find a few four, four letter words to, from people opposing fan bases to say about it. But there, it hasn't been anything like that about Jay Wright. No, I like you didn't go on Twitter to find anything about Jay Wright. <laughs> I guarantee you there's something out there from Penn State people, or who knows? Probably. The UConn people. So. Yeah. Well, when UConn gets good again, they can start yeah. talking smack. And I don't think anybody wants to hear anything from Penn State people. Something about living in glass houses. Mm. Fair. All right. Well, Pennsylvania's off the list now. (laughs) (laughs) We're a Southern podcast. We don't care. As we continue to talk about Jay Wright. (laughs) (laughs) What are they in Philly, right? (laughs) So it was interesting because part of the, so my thought process in thinking about this was, hmm, it's interesting. Why does this hit a little bit harder? And it's interesting that the reason why maybe this goes to the basketball point that you were making, Dustin. Uh, all right. Two things happen and you think, okay, it's a rivalry when the third happens and it's removed from the conference and it's removed um, from kind of the area. I'll say it like that, but it's not removed from the sport and it's not removed from what I'll call the blue bloods. And I know some people bristle at that term, but um, it's Duke, it's Carolina. It's, you can argue if it's Villanova or Michigan state, but you know, if we find out that Tom is, neither of them are blue bloods, Michigan state ridiculous, but I agree with the other Kentucky for sure. Yeah. Kentucky. Oh yeah. Kansas. 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 And I think that those are the four that you put on the Mount Rushmore and we can keep this very short and sweet, but there's some others that are one a, and like a lot of people would say UCLA with their 10, whatever, yeah. but Indiana, that was 70 yeah, years ago or whatever. So I, I, I don't feel like I went to a blue blood game when I went to go see Carolina play UCLA. Although I'm pretty sure I said that on the end to make it sound better. So, <laughs> 
Um, what I was going to say is that when it, when it steps outside of the conference and it steps outside of Tobacco Road, there's a reason why you bring it up because you say, okay, is there something bigger happening here? This isn't just a Carolina Duke thing. Is this uh, schools rebuilding at the same time? Is this friends that are texting each, each other and saying, hey, like retirement's better on the other side? Is this uh, old school coaches handling the transfer portal differently? I agree with you, by the way. Logan, I don't think name image likeness is that big of a deal. Um, we had the sneaker wars in the 90s, which Morgan, they talked about earlier today on the show as well. Um, what do you guys think? I'll open it up to whoever. Is this a thing for basketball or is it just a random occurrence with three of the five to six more successful programs of, the, of our lifetime happen to be going through turnover at the same time? I think some of it, it, it's a perfect storm of basketball is definitely changing. Um, and then also Jay Wright was a little older. I mean, he was 60, but he realistically could have coached 15 more years if he wanted. But in the instance of Roy and Kay, I mean, they're both really old. Like they're in their mid to late seventies. Like at some point they were going to retire. And I think that it just kind of, if basketball hadn't changed as much as it did, I think they probably would have stuck it out for a couple more years. Um, but who knows? Maybe Jay Wright is at 60. He he's coached in the old way of basketball for so long. He doesn't like the way it's going. So maybe it is time of changing of the guard, so to speak. And the newer, the younger coaches like uh, Shire and Hubert Davis and everybody who's more equipped to deal with the challenges of modern basketball rather than the dudes who are used to the way it was during the heyday of eighties, nineties and early two thousands college basketball. Cause that reality doesn't exist anymore. It's a completely different game. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I can lament the, and, and I, in my mind, have a blog I've never written, but maybe one day I'll get to, about, um, you know, the, the old bus lead, ACC being a bus lead. Like, I love that idea. I grew up in it. It made it more intense. And I just appreciated the league more at that time. While I, while I still enjoy the league, it's not like it was when your footprint was from Maryland to Atlanta. Um, you know, like it was, it was just something special about that. It made it, you know, you played everybody twice in basketball. You got me all day long on like, do I kind of pine for those old days? Yes, absolutely. However, I mean, basketball has not been basketball for that kind of basketball for 10 or 15 years, easy, probably longer. But in, in my program for at least the past decade, it's not what it was prior for the previous several decades under Coach K. Yeah. So it's been changing, and now we're getting these other changes. And I do think it is maybe accelerating some of the older guys. Because you, I think if you look back in history, there's always a generational shift at some point in a sport. And I think we're going through a generational shift. I do think the Hubert Davises and John Shires of the world are sort of taking they're, – they're going to charge through this stuff and own it and kind of run with it and make make out of it whatever it is and just kind of move the game forward. You know, you're at a certain point in your career, sometimes you're just kind of like, I don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. I'm kind of done with it. And so I can't, I, I do think there's something like that going on. Um, I think we're going to see a new guard come through um, on the coaching circuit. It may not all be in the next six months, but, you know, the guys who don't want to deal with, transfer portals and NILs and just all that goes with that are going to get out. 
And uh, I can't say I blame him, especially if he came up in in the the days when that stuff didn't go on. Morgan, I have a question for you. Yeah. Oftentimes our pod goes tobacco road heavy. What do you think as a Virginia Tech fan, your team's on the rise? What do you think about all this? Blue bud conversations, coaches retiring, stuff like that. Because oftentimes we can kind of focus in on like the the heavyweights of the sport. Where do you think basketball is changing? Do you think you've got a, a chance? Like curious what you think about this. Um I do feel like tech probably has a good chance coming up here, at least in the ACC. They kind of dominate more. Um, that being said, who knows? I mean, the two new coaches at UNC and Duke could just jump right in there and just wreck the hell out of everybody and continue onward. Mm. I just sit back and go, oh, well, that was a nice little window. That shut. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice thought. <laughs> it was a nice breeze. <laughs> Nice little breeze, but you know it. It it just I don't know, you know the transfer portal in general. It's just that no one stays with the team anymore. Granted, if a coach is allowed to leave, a kid should be allowed to leave. Um, but it just you know it. Gone are the days where kids stay for two, three, four years, and you know fans get to know the guy for you know that many years, you know. You see what the one kid who didn't even play one second on the court with uh, Kentucky, I think, he's going into the NBA draft. So he didn't even play one damn one one second. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just, I actually – go ahead, Morgan. I don't want to interrupt it. No, it's fine. I, I think I was just – I think I got out what I wanted to say. I, I'm excited for – you know, I know – as you said, um, you guys kind of go blue blood heavy and more so tobacco road. Um, the long, I guess, long story short, I think Tech's got, if they were to try to make any kind of noise, it, they need to do it next season. That's, I guess, my short version of it. Before, yeah, I- before the two before Shire and Davis really cement their foot down and, and get their program fully, I guess, 100% going with a year or two of recruiting, you know. I think uh, Logan, yeah. I think Logan uh, would agree with you because Logan was talking about once Gay and, and uh, Roy retired, NC State needed to be in a position to take advantage and, and they're quite not grumpy because that they're not there. And we're not because we just had the worst fucking season in program history. And you also had a guy just decommit too. Yeah. We, we're having to – this is a perfect example of what we're talking about the transfer portal. We're having to restructure the roster. We lost four transfers off the current roster from last year. Two guys are going to go pro. And um, then we, had, we, we, get, we picked up a couple solid people in the portal. We got a um, senior starting point guard from Ole Miss. Averaged 13 a game last year yeah, down in saw, Oxford. Got a 6'8 shooting guard from a, a mid-major who looks like he's a pretty solid out perimeter shooter. And then a, we're, we're the heavy favorite for former Hokie Landers Nolly to play his final season of college ball in Raleigh. 
So the roster is going to look very different next year, but I mean, they could be at best case scenario. They're back to middle of the pack. I mean, it's not going to be like, you're going to go out and get these guys that are going to put you catapult you into the top four of the conference, but it's it. The program's a cluster right now. Uh, NC state athletics as a whole is in a great spot, but basketball men's basketball sucks. And it's one of the most visible sports. It's, it's frustrating. I'm excited to hear about more Ole Miss people. So this is great. I mean, they're pretty much, obviously at this point, they're the, they're the fifth school of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) They are from the South. So I guess we can take them. Um, I will say this. I don't, I don't think all these things are bad. I don't think y'all are saying they're bad. I don't think NIL is bad and I don't think transfer pool is bad. I just think it's different. And I think that, the pack, like the Packer and Durham's of the world, for instance, probably complain about it and lament about it a little more because they they came up in a different era. Um, I know they were commenting on what they think is driving some of this, but I bet they also don't like it. Um, Dickie V's been as you, doing the same thing. He hates the NIL and it's been going on a rampage about it. Right. Shout and out to Dickie V. He's cancer free, by the way. Hey, that's awesome. That That is awesome. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. He ran um, Anyways, moving on. And back to, 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 to mix sports a little bit, Dabo's been doing the same thing because he doesn't want to deal with it, right? Nope. But it doesn't matter whether you want to deal with it. It's here, and you gotta you either gotta capitalize or you got your program's gonna get. Um, this is what this would puts a stick in my crawl about Dabo with that. Dabo doesn't want to deal with it because he, it has to be above board, and they have to get things cleared <laughs> by the by the governing body. You can just Google Clemson football players bags of cash, and they're uh, recruits with like stacks of cash, like Dabo and them, just like every other major football program have been paying people for years, but it's easier to drop a bag of cash than it is to have to have things be regulated and above board. So that's what he's complaining about. Dabo, yeah. he, his stick gets old sometimes. This is why yeah, well, nobody else may like these conversations, but I like these conversations with you three because I've been sitting for 10 minutes on something I saw earlier today, which I didn't want to bring up because I didn't want to mix sports because I knew we'd go long on it. But Bronco Mendenhall retired as the football coach from UVA. Tony Elliott came in as the football coach of UVA this year. Tony Elliott came from Clemson, ergo Dabo Sweeney. He knows all about the bags of cash. (laughs) He was giving an interview on said show that we were watching earlier today at spring practice, speaking of spring football games. And he was talking about how we need to do this and that. and We need to manage the transfer portal. And I thought to myself, manage the transfer portal sounds like the understatement of the year for UVA spring football. But if there's any guy that knows how to, quote, manage the transfer portal, it's a guy coming from Clemson. (laughs) So if you think UVA football in about three years isn't going to be a warning, Morgan, if you think that they're not going to be good in about three or four years, because all of a sudden they got some random five star from who knows where for no reason whatsoever, it's because they're managing the transfer portal. I'm not afraid, uh, nor have I ever been afraid of UVA football. Um, <laughs> they're a joke. You can hire all the people you want to. They're a joke. They're not going to be good. Every They're going to get the ash whooped this year, and I can't wait. I'm just happy we were able to bring up, we were able to mix sports for a brief second. <laughs> yeah. Well, anytime I can shit on UVA football, um, you got my attention. 
Feed you up for that third. <laughs> yeah. Well, for that serving I'll have two bowls. Of, I'll have two bowls of cereal for that one. <laughs> I do. I want to say this about NIL. Though. I don't. I think it has the potential to be a benefit to college basketball because I think there's going to be more people who stick around for a couple of years, maybe even three years because of the money that's available. I think yeah. if you're not a first rounder, it makes you think. Um, or Baycott's a perfect example. Yeah. If you are, um, or in, I think it was today or yesterday, Oscar Toshibe from Kentucky national player of the year. Yeah. Um, wasn't, wasn't a guaranteed first rounder. He's bad. He's going back yeah. to Kentucky. Like that, he's going to get a whole bunch of cash. They've been getting cash in Kentucky for a long time. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. That, that's just but, but that's he's getting taxable Kentucky, cash now. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky so, is like the poster child for one and done, and the fact that he's coming back for another year in Kentucky—that's that's big. I, but that yeah, coach, no, like, it, but that coach is like, so, oh my god, you're coming back. I, I, Shit. I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm, I don't I'm, think we're going to have enough scholarships. <laughs> I don't get, know. What do I do with my hands here? I don't. But we, we still get a whole nother year of him tripping players. Yeah, there you go. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there he is playing college basketball. Um, don't worry. He'll lose in the first but, round again. It, it's going to be a positive, I think, long term. I yeah. think it's going to be a positive for our programs. I think you're going to see more people stick around. And you know, it, it, the elite guys are still going to do what they do. They're going to come in for a year and leave. But there's going to be a whole lot of people who take that two or three year approach because the money's available to them now. And that G League contract playing on nowhere, nothing television or not even television, nobody knowing who you are isn't going to be as appealing as playing on ESPN and getting paid for it. Yeah. So, especially if you're paying like Pakistan or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the one thing that I think that a lot of people haven't talked about a lot, too, is like I think one of the effects that we're going to see down the road with NIL and the transfer portal is I think it's actually going to act in some way, especially if they eventually regulate how much um, players can get. I actually think it's going to be a little bit more of a um, uh, it's going to level the playing field a little bit because transfer portal, football, basketball, what have you, they're going to they now have a free year to be able to go. You're starting to see a lot of talent that ordinarily would be at Georgia or Alabama for three years. They're leaving. They're going somewhere else. You're seeing a lot of guys who can go to a middling school and get a big deal from, from some type of business. I think that, you know, it'd be interesting to see Alabama post saving because they're going to always be Alabama while savings there. But in general, I think that it's actually going to uh, kind of spread out the talent a little more because why are you going to go sit behind somebody at, LSU in football when you can go to, you know, uh, who in the ACC, Pittsburgh, and get a big NIL deal and and be able to play right away. I think that it's actually going to be good for parity in college athletics. I mean, on the camping trip, we were talking about, you know, with Duke, you know, I told, I was telling y'all, I was like, I think they should just live in the transfer port. Yeah. I mean, that should be, they should go find guys who are unhappy where they're at and say, come play here because they're not going to get them as recruits coming out of high school. And they're not, but they can find decent athletes who don't want to sit for two years. Right. So, 
you know, there's, I do think there's a parity aspect to it. I'm not claiming that they're going to get real good at football, but it, it will help pull some of that talent away from the bigger programs and maybe make things. I sure as hell hope it makes it more entertaining to watch because the top heaviness of college football has been awful recently. The playoff era has been worse than the BCS ever was. Yep. And that's how we took Jay Wright of Villanova Philadelphia-based <laughs> program, and we turned it into our griping session about college football. America, if you're not impressed, it is the end of April, and we have somehow found a way to come back to talking about college football. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jay Wright, Jay Wright to BCS. I mean, damn. I'm just <laughs> saying, ESPN, we we are available. Um, some of us have day jobs, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you know give us a little stipend here, yeah. or maybe a sponsorship. You know, we could yeah, we could Bojangles. ESPN is too much censorship. I can't. They wouldn't like me. I wouldn't be able to work for them. Well, maybe we do a name image like SDO with like Jimmy Seafood or uh, I'm sure you wouldn't be able to work with them either, right? (laughs) No, I I just can't. uh, I don't want to be censored by their their draconian measures and having to stick to the talking points. I mean, this is a freewheeling show, alternative sports media. What if we ESPN ESPN would fire me Right, as soon as they gave me the card, like, yeah, hey, we changed our mind. Your, <laughs> your, language, your, your language is not PC friendly. You should, uh, you should pin on a, a fake ponytail and then scream in the background, I'm done with my segment. <laughs> Ma, I'm done with my assignments. <laughs> and then just start playing heavy metal in the background. <laughs> All right, well, that was my half attempt at a segue from the BCS and Jay Wright and where the hell is college basketball going? And we don't like it, which, by the way, it cracked me up when you said that uh, Packer and Durham were complaining and they didn't like it because they grew up in a different era. Completely different, by the way, from the script of our show. Oh, um, yeah. We're always positive and, and we never complain about anything. And we are totally in the moment. And there's not one thing that you could tell us that would prove us that we are not like out of the hip culture. That's what they just tell it like it is. Yeah, that's it. They just tell it like it is. That's because this is episode 77 of happy and in control. (laughs) If you don't like, then keep on listening. We'll we'll change our tune. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess, like we said, we went, we ran the gamut there. Jay Wright to the BCS, but now, yeah, Ryan alluded to a little bit of, uh, we're going to actually end the show on a positive note. So, Morgan, throw it over to you yeah. for the next segment. So, you know, two of us on, on this show have, have, have children, and um, every day is just an adventure, you know, and the other two of us on the show are uncles. Um, and it's just every day is an adventure with these little ones. You know, seeing them smile, laugh, um, taking them out for walks, all, all kinds of things. It's just great, you know, um, giving them a new toy, something to lighten their, 
their eyes light up when you find maybe a toy that they've been looking for for hours or days. All of a sudden, you find it. They go, oh, my God, you found it. You know, it's, it's great. You know, just the things that they say. Um, so this is not really a grind my gears of Daddy Daycare, except but more of a, uh, I guess, a happier episode of Daddy Daycare. There's things that are fun. Um, I'll start it off. Today was a great day. We were having all of us sat down for dinner. I poured Brody's cup of milk, poured a little too much. And I know he likes to get excited when he drink his, drinks his milk and he was probably going to dump it all over himself. <laughs> so when he wasn't looking, I quickly drank a little bit so it wouldn't be so top heavy and sat it down. And I swear I didn't think he saw me do it. And he looked at his mother and said, Daddy, just drink my milk. <laughs> don't do, don't, he goes, don't do that. And then, Chris goes, Daddy, drink your milk. And I sat down <laughs> and he, like, did you drink Brody's milk? And Brody goes, leans up, goes, yeah. <laughs> and then I go, right. and he goes, and he looks at me and goes, don't do that again. I'm like, <laughs> all right, my kid's got a mouth on him. <laughs> so it's just cool see things like that. You know, where are you, Dustin? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of little moments that are great, and there's a lot of little moments that are not so fun. Um, but I guess we're doing the happy stuff. So uh, <laughs> I, today, I mean, just today, just a small example. Today, you know, Emmy's home all day because Danny's doing the potty training thing. And uh, it, I, I don't know where. I was somewhere close by, but I wasn't in the in there with them. And she was like, she knew I was here and I was back here trying to get some work done. And I'd stepped out for something and she was like talking to my wife about like asking about me, wanting me to be out there, like hanging out with her and like basically wanting to come get me so I could come play with her. And that was very sweet, you know, like cool moment. Um, she also came up a couple of times a day and like grab, like run up to me and just grab me by the leg and like hugged me. Um, so it's like sweet stuff like that that they do where I guess if they didn't, then you wouldn't take care of them. So, um, <laughs> so it's conditioned. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're smart enough to know that they have to do some, uh, some sweet stuff so that you don't throw them out on the street. Yeah. All relationships are transactional. That's just a fact of life. <laughs> Spoken no. Like <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's, you know, like Morgan said, it's a bunch of little stuff like that that happens it's nice um you know it's also fun seeing them i know morgan you've probably seen it too it's fun seeing them develop and seeing them like get excited oh, yeah. about stuff you know um even just the potty training like the, the last time that she went to the bathroom today she was so excited about it so um it's just it's kind of they kind of make you excited when they get excited about stuff because you're happy to see that kind of light in their eyes of like oh i've learned something new um so it it can be exhausting, but it can also be fun when you see that kind of stuff happen. Oh, yeah. Bridget, she loves her food. I was bringing her uh, her cream cheese uh, toast this morning. And then when I went back for a second round of bringing her, she looks up and sees me and just eyes wide, just like, eh, eh, like, <laughs> like so excited. Like, oh, you bring me food. Oh, my God. What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> Bridget eats I, better than I do for breakfast. 
Yeah. <laughs> what do you eat for breakfast? I, I have to make myself coffee, and then I have to serve sure. my wife. There, would you like some coffee? Are you are you going to make us anything? And she looks at me like, I, I have work. <laughs> Probably makes you avocado toast or something. Uh, no, she has work. <laughs> Cream cheese toast sounds awesome. I would be just, I would be the same as Bridget. I'd be like, yes, this is awesome. What did I do to deserve this? Now that it's on cinnamon raisin bread, too. Jeez. I eat yeah. cereal in the mornings. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I get, I get a bowl of Cheerios. And that's it. Yeah, I, I have three cups of coffee and that's it. I'll have that on top. Anyway, uh, the two uncles here. Um, what what say you guys? Well, it sounds like me and Logan have the same diet. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like we have the same diet as Dad. You just get one up because you guys get cinnamon toast crunch or whatever it is. <laughs> we just get three cups of coffee while we're stressing on the way to work, trying to avoid all the dads that are over slept on on the highway. Oh, is this the positive segment? No, <laughs> Not a practice. This is the positive segment. We're going to do the negative segment next week, which is <laughs> just Logan. as much fun, if not more fun. Logan, go ahead. You're an uncle. Yeah, so I'm a relatively new uncle. Um, and one of the things that I definitely look forward to is like once every couple of weeks or so, I, you know, I'll get to FaceTime Emmy because you know there's a um, logistical difference where I don't get to see her in person, but a handful of times a year. But I, I enjoy being able to FaceTime her and like. Uh, when she, she was, she'll be a lot of times it's like when she's eating dinner and she's sitting there and she'll see me, she'll be like, uh, see me, she'll be like, uncle, she'll point at me and then she'll start naming everybody in the room to like show that she knows everybody's names and she'll look at, she wears glasses just like I do. So she looks at it, she goes class, class like that. And just like, then she'll copy, copy me whenever I do stuff. Like I'll make faces at her and she'll laugh and then she'll make it the same face back to me. And then like, you know, how with little kids, sometimes people will play like, you know, like almost like peekaboo game, but instead with Emmy, she does it to me and she'll like turn her head and then turn her head to me. And then I'll just act all surprised. And she just thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. Um, but if I bring my dog around, then I, I become uh second banana at that point. Cause when Bella's in the picture, she's like, bell, 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 bell. And she would just like be looking at Bella and everything. Uh, but one thing that it was kind of cool that uh, just this past week when I was on FaceTime with her, um, it was the first time she had actually done this. Uh, as we were about to like end the phone call, because you know she had bath time and all that, she was sitting there and they said, "Can you say goodbye to Uncle?" And she goes, "I love you." And it was like the first time that she had like initiated it and said it to me. So that was a a very uh, she she almost like you know melted my my cold heart <laughs> with that. So <laughs> I, that actually uh, you know it, was, it meant a lot to me that she did that. I, I, it, it was very very sweet. She also. Um she has us singing like the, the baby shark song a lot but she does uncle shark and uh bella shark <laughs> as part of that so just just know that when you're not around you she's on, you're on her mind like <laughs> uncle shark do 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 there's no such thing as uncle shark they, that, that that's made up <laughs> <laughs> well so is bella shark but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess, I guess for me, um, I didn't, I had 
the opportunity to be an uncle. And then I got the very rare opportunities just because of life and um, work and the way that uh, my brother and my and his wife and my brother-in-law and his wife um, were working. I didn't get a chance to see the kids as much as I wanted to. And then COVID hit. And so the most interesting thing for me and the most positive thing for me that came out of COVID, if there's a really weird way to say that, is that um, I really, we moved mainly because we wanted to be close geographically to them. And we know that that's somewhat short-sighted, but we figured that they were going to be relatively um, stable in where they were at. And that's, if they listen to this, that's not us telling them that they need to stay. It's more us saying that we had the ability to move. So we wanted to move to be close to them. And so we have tried to take as many smart advantages of that as we could. Um, we are within, to your point, Logan, geographic distance. So we try and take as many advantages of that as we can. And so I've gotten to do a lot of really fun things. Um, I was able to put my brother's kids, my nieces uh, to bed. That was extremely touching and I'll just leave it at that. Um, uh, we were scolded and I, I, I think it's okay to tell this story. Uh, briefly, we were scolded that we didn't know the bedtime routine, which um, quite frankly uh, is like the relief pitcher coming in in the bottom of the ninth and not knowing the signs immediately. It's like, I, I didn't think I was going to get tapped in today. Okay. <laughs> the bottom of the ninth in game seven. Okay. So at least it was game seven for me. Maybe it was actually like game two. It was still very important, but um, sorry, we didn't know the, uh, the, all the signs. So we, we kind of, faked it until we made it. And it was clear that the, uh, our nieces noticed, um, they actually gave us a lecture before they went. I thought they were asleep. I thought we, we, we cleared the mission. We defeated the boss and, um, we were about to leave. We were tiptoeing out and we heard, you know, a little voice next time, learn the song. <laughs> well, okay. Then actually that wasn't directed at me. That was directed at my wife. Um, who is a, uh, an aunt as well. But um, uh, we, we have a lot of different opportunities to go hang out with them. And I just, I love seeing them interact. I love seeing them learn. I know you guys that are dads get a chance to do it all the time. Uh, as an uncle, the best part for me, if I can keep it very short and simple, is I get to show up and I get to see what they've learned. So you guys wake up every day and it's a cycle. It's as you pointed out it's exhausting and it's this and it's that and you guys are in the middle of potty training and morgan's like oh i know what that means and then um you know morgan's saying like hey i don't know what we're gonna do we're gonna clean on the weekend or whatever but on the on, on the flip side when you guys come on the podcast and you say like hey my kid walk for the first time so imagine what it's like morgan i actually as you know and i don't think it's wrong to say this i haven't actually seen bridget in person so when I see Bridget for the first time, it'll be fascinating for me to sit there for the hour, however long it is, and watch everything that she's picked up and everything she's learned. And I'll get everything that you guys have had over a year or two or whatever it's been at this point in time. And, and I'll get that all in an hour. And it's, it, that to me is the most interesting part of being and the coolest part of being an uncle. It's watching the different personalities and you get uh what's the right way of saying this you get funneled into all of it immediately dustin it was the same thing for me when i came to 
visit you and and Emmy. I got to for about three or four hours during a game that I cared about. I got the opportunity to see to see Emmy and to and I learned that um, uh, you should not stand very close to children because they get scared. <laughs> <laughs> i'll just leave it at that i was trying to help <laughs> but uh so it's pretty cool as an uncle to be able to show up and to see that and it's very cool to um to go to my friend's kids and see the same so that's that's the coolest thing for me i'll leave it at that because we're trying to be positive i have a whole bunch of negatives though i can talk all about the negatives <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know dad you guys got anything else um, Bridget, is, as you were mentioning, Bridget, she is full force running now. No more just like Frankenstein walking, like she is running and tormenting her brother. She would take <laughs> this toy, she would take his toy and then run off with laughing, like sounding like Seth Rogen while laughing. <laughs> it's just like running around the corner to his room. <laughs> I hear kids learn from somewhere. I'm assuming that came from daycare. That laugh. I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine. Tor- tormenting the other, the loved one. Yeah, that definitely didn't come from home. So <laughs> it's it's good stuff though, and it just watch them grow. Is amazing. Go ahead, Mark. I was just say watching them grow is just it's pretty damn amazing. Um, we started a new routine where we all sit in Brody's room and do a uh, bedtime story. And then uh, I finished it up with trying to get him to go to sleep the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't like to go to bed. He, he has a FOMO just like his daddy. It wants to be all in the moment and in the in in, in the now, and it's like no, it, it it's bedtime. Close your eyes. No, I want to sit. I don't want to lay down. I'm like all right, well, I'm gonna sit in the dark then. <laughs> Daddy's leaving. No, leave. I'm like all right, you lay down. I know. I create. I create a monster with this one with bedtime that I'm gonna have to now navigate my way out of and it's not going to be pretty for a couple of nights like tonight so <laughs> can music lessons at night help them i have no clue what your bedtime routine is but. uh it's waiting for him to fall asleep and then i'll leave so it's it's not good i uh, i fucked myself in that one <laughs> 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 So the, the way that you handle the next one is you just you just throw her in her bed and just say like see you. oh Chris, 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 crystal does bedtime of her and this child wants not and now crystal could be just full of shit and not wanting to tell me that because she doesn't want to stay in there and hold the kid like i did brody but she claims that bridget doesn't want to have any type of snuggling just wants to go right for her bed and go to sleep which if she's anything like her mother then i believe that because like, i'm gonna <laughs> last but, they're just like, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that kid wants nothing to do it. Like, you, unless she hits some kind of master sleep regression where she's going to require attention to go to sleep, 
I don't think we have any issues with that one. <laughs> she also doesn't like getting up in the morning either. Oh, I can I can oh, relate. Brody, to that. Like mom. Brody, Brody pops his head up like five thirty. Texts back, hey, I'm here. Like, it's great. <laughs> Sleeping. <laughs> what were you gonna say, uh, Dustin? I said, is that also like mom? Her getting her liking to sleep in. Yeah. Uh, yes. Crystal's <laughs> not a morning person by any means. None. Not whatsoever. Yeah, it's because the mornings are the worst. No, it's just that's her. Because uh, I love <laughs> I love waking up in the morning. I'm, I'm a morning person. I'm like wide awake, not even eating coffee, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's enough positivity for this podcast. Right. Hopefully, hopefully, everybody enjoyed that uh, positive segment of Daddy Daycare slash Uncle Daycare. But for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan, sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>